Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 27 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Roman numeral seven. Contentment draws comfort from those things we do not really possess. Perhaps many who have not got outward things have more comfort than those who do possess them. A man who distills herbs, though he has not got the herbs themselves, yet having the water that is distilled out of them, he may enjoy the benefit of the herbs. So though a man has not got real possession of such outward wealth, such an outward comfort, yet by the grace of contentment, he may get it to himself. By the art of navigation, we can bring in the riches of the East and West Indies to ourselves. So by the art of contentment, we may bring in the comfort of any condition to ourselves. That is, we may have that comfort by contentment that we should have if we had the thing itself. You will find a noteworthy story in Plutarch to illustrate this. In the life of Pyrrhus, one Cineus came to him and would fain have had him desist from the wars and not war with the Romans. He said to him, May it please your majesty, it is reported that the Romans are very good men of war, and if it please the gods that we overcome them, what benefit shall we have of that victory? Pyrrhus answered him, We shall then straightway conquer all the rest of Italy with ease. Indeed, that is likely which your grace speaks, said Cineus, but when we have won Italy, Will our wars end then? If the gods were pleased, said Pyrrhus, that the victory were achieved, the way would then be made open for us to attain great conquests. For who would not afterwards go into Africa and so to Carthage? But, said Cineus, when we have everything in our hands, what shall we do in the end? And then Pyrrhus laughing, told him again, we will then be quiet and take our ease and have feasts every day and be as merry with one another as we possibly can. Said Cineus, what prevents us now from being as quiet and merry together, since we enjoy that immediately without further travel and trouble, which we would seek for abroad with such shedding of blood and manifest danger. Can you not sit down and be merry now? So a man may think, if I had such a thing, then I would have another. And if I had that, then I should have more. And what if you had got all you desire? Then you would be content. Why? You may be content now without them. Certainly our contentment does not consist in getting the thing we desire, but in God's fashioning our spirits to our conditions. Some men have not got a foot of ground of their own, yet they live better 
than other men who are heirs to a great deal of land. I have noted in the country sometimes that a man lives upon his own land and yet lives very poorly. But you find another man who rents his land and yet by his good husbandry and by his care lives better than he who has his own land. So a man by this art of contentment may live better without an estate than another man can live off an estate. Oh, it adds exceedingly to the comfort of a Christian. That I may show it further, I would add, there is more comfort even in the grace of contentment than there is in any possessions whatsoever. A man has more comfort in being content without a thing than he can have in the thing that he, in a discontented way, desires. You think, if I had such a thing, then I should be content. I say, there is more good in contentment than there is in the thing that you would have vain to cure your discontent, and that I shall show you in several particulars. One, I would fain have such a thing, and then I could be content. But if I had it, then it would be but the creature that helped my contentment, whereas now it is the grace of God in my soul that makes me content. And surely it is better to be content with the grace of God in my soul than with enjoying an outward comfort. Number two, if I had such a thing, Granted, my position might be better, but my soul would not be better. But by contentment, my soul is better. That would not be bettered by wealth or lands or friends, but contentment makes myself better. And therefore, contentment is a better portion than the thing that I would fain have as my portion. Number three, if I become content by having my desire satisfied, that is only self-love. But when I am contented with the hand of God and am willing to be at his disposal, that comes from my love to God. In having my desire satisfied, I am contented through self-love. But through the grace of contentment, I come to be contented out of love to God. And is it not better to be contented out of love to God than from a principle of self-love? Number four, if I am contented because I have what I desire, perhaps I am contented in that one thing, but that one thing does not furnish me with contentment in another thing. Perhaps I may grow more dainty and nice and froward in other things. If you give children what they want in some things, they grow so much the more coy and dainty and discontented if they cannot have other things that they want. But... If I have once overcome my heart and am contented through the grace of God in my heart, then this makes me content not only in one particular, but in general, whatever befalls me. I am discontented and would fain have a certain thing, and afterwards I have it. Now, does this prepare me to be contented in other things? No, but when I have Got this grace of contentment, I am prepared to be contented in all conditions. Thus you see that contentment brings comfort to a man's life. 
fills it full of comfort in this world. The truth is, it is even a heaven on earth. What is heaven but the rest and quiet of a man's spirit? That is the special thing that makes the life of heaven. There is rest and joy and satisfaction in God. So it is in a contented spirit. There is rest and joy and satisfaction in God. In heaven, there is singing praises to God. A contented heart is always praising and blessing God. You have heaven while you are on earth, when you have a contented spirit. Yea, in some regards, it is better than heaven. How is that, you will say? There is a kind of honor that God has in it, and an excellence that he does not have in heaven, and it is this, in heaven... There is no overcoming of temptations. They are not put to any trials by afflictions. In heaven, they have exercise of grace, but they have nothing but encouragement to it. And indeed, the grace of those who are there is perfect. And in that, they excel us. But there is nothing to cross their grace. They have no trials at all to tempt them to do contrary. Whereas for a man or woman to be in the midst of afflictions, temptations, and troubles, and yet to have grace exercised and to be satisfied in God and Christ and in the word and promises in the midst of all they suffer, this may seem to be an honor that God receives from us that he does not have from the angels and saints in heaven. Is it so much for one who is in heaven, who has nothing but good from God, has nothing to try him, no temptations? Is it so much for such a one to be praising and blessing God as for the poor soul who is in the midst of trials and temptations and afflictions and troubles? For this soul to go on praying and blessing and serving God, I say, is an excellence that you do not find in heaven, and God will not have this kind of glory from you in heaven. Therefore, be contented and prize this contentment, and be willing to live in this world as long as God shall please. Do not think, oh, that I were delivered from all these afflictions and troubles here in this world. If you were, then you would have more ease yourself. But this is a way of honoring God and manifesting the excellence of grace here when you are in this conflict of temptation, which God shall not have from you in heaven. This concludes episodes 27 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment.